Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Community Connections. Today we have Bill Roberts here, um, and he's going to be just sharing his perspective on the theme of uh, just a rough theme of toxic charity, a book by Robert Lupton. And we're excited as a ministry to just dig into this book, and, and uh, not necessarily as a book study, more as a, some guiding principles for our ministry, what we could do better, and maybe you'll be able to take away some uh, takeaways yourself. Um, and and as a resource. Yeah, and as a resource as, a as resource. well. So um, just wanted to welcome Bill. Good so morning. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for uh, being here. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to kick things off with page three of Toxic Charity. Um, and just uh, we'll dig right into the interview. Um, so this is chapter one, page three, right at the top. But what is so surprising is that its outcomes are almost entirely unexamined, uh, referring to charitable giving, mission work, that kind of thing. The food we ship to Haiti, the well we dig in Sudan, the clothes we distribute to inner city Detroit, all seem like such worthy efforts. Yet those cl closest to the ground, on the receiving end of this outpouring of generosity, quietly admit that it may be hurting more than helping. How? Dependency. Destroying personal initiative. When we do for those in need what they have the capacity to do for themselves, we disempower them. So, man, that's a, ooh. That's deep. That is that's quite. heavy, deep, and real. Yes, exactly. Yes, it is. Exactly. Yes, it so, is. based on this, what, what would you say, what, what's, take it from Love, Inc.'s perspective, uh, what do we want to see as a ministry? What's the end result? What can we look at and say, here's, we're doing this well. What, what does that even look like uh, as, as an end result for Love, Inc., for what we do? What does it look like as an end result would be having, um, I'll say volunteers, but I'm going to take it even broader than that, just members of the church community, members of the community, understanding that true uh, help for those who, are, who have need takes time. It, it's an investment. Um, the other part that's it's sort of hard to hear sometimes is that it's not about us. It's about the individuals whom we're helping. Um, when I first look at this book, Toxic Charity, I get bristled. And I get bristled um, because it's, all, it's, it's somewhat telling the, the reader your charity that you've been doing for all these years is toxic. Uh, and so how do you receive that? And I really think that what um, Robert Lupton is, is, is asking and encouraging here is, or what he's offering better, is some constructive criticism uh, to human beings who have a desire to serve. And I'll say Christians who have a desire to serve. Uh, the human nature part of being Christians is number one, we want to help. And number two, we want instant gratification. And so therefore, offering ch charity is very easy to do so uh, because you get both. You, you can do it quickly and you can serve yourself at the same time. Uh, to do it with a, uh, a more relational heart uh, it takes time and we have to understand that so 
What am I looking for as a, a leader in the ministry is for people who understand that the work that they do is critically important. It's slow. It's painstaking. It's not about us. It's about the individual whom we're serving. And so when we see others in our community who currently have need, feeling better about themselves, feeling empowered, feeling confident that they have the capacity to do for themselves, then we're doing what we are intending to do in the first place. Which ties into our core principles. It is exactly our core principles. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would offer, Nolan, to me the foundational one is the very first one. The value. The value. Mm -hmm. uh, it starts there. Um, because we have to know in our heart that we value other people more than we value ourselves. Um, to me, that, that's, that sounds cliche-ish, sure. uh, but it is, it's fundamental to this concept that Lupton's trying to teach us into uh, what we believe is um, we, redemptive compassion. Sure. Because when you value someone else, then you understand your desire for immediate response, your desire for an immediate change isn't going to happen. Right. Because forcing that immediate change isn't the best thing for that person. Correct. It, because we're not in charge. We're fixers. We want to fix things. Well, great, but you're not in charge. The person who is receiving the help is the person who's in charge, and we don't like that. Uh, that's not comfortable because I know what's best for you. Well, do you? You may have some wisdom to share, but until that person until you look at that person and say, this is where you are, this is who I am, this is what I have to offer, I will walk with you through this process, uh, I'll share with you, I'll tell you no, I'll hold you accountable. In other words, I'm gonna love you, yeah. bottom line. Right. I value enough, I, um, the, the author, of uh, redemptive compassion. Lois Tupley says in one of her videos, do you love those whom we serve enough to tell them no? Because mm. it's that holistic love. It's not just the, you know, we have the compassionate love, but we also have the, um, the love that holds people accountable. That is correct. Which speaks directly to this statement that you just read on page three. When we do for those in need what they have the capacity to do for themselves, we disempower them. Now, unpack that and turn it around, okay? Um, so, when we don't do for those who are, have a need, you know, and, and we're teaching them to do for themselves, then we are empowering them. Um, the challenge is, that is, is, is two sides of the same coin. We're impatient. We want the people whom we're serving 
to be fixed. Here, just do it. I'm giving you what you need. Why aren't you getting better? It's that quick fix mentality. It's the quick fix mentality and it's it's the pointing the finger at somebody else. Why aren't you getting better because I'm giving you what you need? Well, what they need is you. You see that in, let's say, uh, LYN, the classes when you have a spiritual friend. Um, obviously, they're probably prepped on some of the, you know, what it entails to be a spiritual friend, which is kind of like a mentor to um, someone in our classes. And um, have you sometimes seen folks who have one perspective going into mentoring someone and yet then they realize wow this is actually going to take years that revelation years, like, yeah well and when that when the spiritual friend aka mentor has that revelation then that tells me that they've just turned the coin over because mm -hmm. now they know it's not about me it's about the person that I am mentoring, right. that I'm being the friend to, and that their situation, that the change, the journey of transformation, it's their journey. It's not my journey, it's their journey. Right. And the, the amount of time that it takes, the path that they take, the detours that they take, mm -hmm. it's, it's them. It's not us. And it's easy to, yeah, to make those kind of judgment calls for somebody else, but then when you look in the mirror, <laughs> you look in the mirror, you're like, oh, I do the same thing. Oh, it's like, I'll be great for a little while, and then, ugh, oh, there's a regression, and then, well, I mean, what, what would we do if, if our, our people just like, boop, all right, we're done with you? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awful. And, and I say these things, I sometimes sound teachy-preachy, but it, it all comes from personal experience, every bit of it, because I've screwed up so many times. But, you know, it's just through God's grace and just like, all right, Bill, let's go do it again. Yeah. And thankfully, you know, I've, I've been blessed with God bringing people into my life that I'm allowed to serve. Uh, so did you, did you ever have an example of, whether it's a big example, small example, of where you had to decide whether to do for somebody versus allow them to do for themselves? Maybe you knew they could, maybe knowing that line for helping people. Did you have any situation that was, or many situations? I have, there are a lot. And as I was sharing with you prior to this interview, you know, that I've been thinking and thinking and praying. It's like, okay, what can I share specific? And one kept coming to mind, and it's regarding uh, a dear friend of mine. Uh, we'll call her Lisa. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lisa has journeyed with, with me, with Love, Inc., for years. And so the relationship is there. And Lisa is one who ebbs and flows in her progression, in her journey of transformation. Sure. Um, because of numerous reasons. Well, I'm here at work one day um, and I get a call from Lisa and Lisa is on the interstate. Uh, she's with her daughter and uh, her daughter's, uh, we'll say, two-month-old son. They've run out of gas. 
and they are within a stone's throw of where I am. Simple request, Mr. Bell, would you be willing to bring us some gas? And the weather wasn't in a dangerous situation or anything like that? And there was no danger. They were on the side of the interstate. They were within walking distance. In fact, they could see the, the exit ramp. And there was a gas station right there. And so using the principle that you've read here, so did Lisa have the capacity to do for herself instead of me doing it for her? Yes, she did. Uh, she, this is part of the, 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 the valuing of her is I, by telling her no, and it wasn't easy. I had to really, because it, it, it's so easy just to say, oh, I'll take care of it. Sure. I had to take it to prayer, seriously, because I was really struggling with this. Yeah. I had to take it to prayer, and I came back, and, and I called her back, and I said, Lisa, I am sorry, but I can't leave. And then I, because it's a relationship that's already developed, I can be honest with her. Right. And said, Lisa... Here's, from, here's my recommendation. You're within walking distance. You've got two adults. One stay with the baby. One walk up. Go to the gas station and explain to them your situation. Because you can do that. Um, and I shared that with her. She didn't like my response. But I do think that it was the right response. And that it was showing her value. I was trying to show value in her that she has the capacity to do for herself. She didn't need me to do for her at that point. Uh, she wanted me to. Could I have? Absolutely. If, if it were a different day, different setting, the spirit speaking differently, would I have done so? I don't know. Maybe. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Very good. Very good. So really that was, I mean, that's that, that goes down to what you were saying, the value, seeing that her value and that, hey, you can do this for yourself so that in the future you have, you might not be on the side of the road, but you, there might be another situation that she might, it might pop into her head that, you know, maybe I can do this. That's is that, perfect. Is that really kind of the, the gist of what you're... That's perfect. Exactly right. So I, my prayer is that the value that I'm showing to her, the personal capacity that I see in her that she may not see is being revealed sure. so that in the future she has that thought process sure. oh I can do this and this doesn't happen in a week oh my heavens <laughs> I've known Lisa now for seven years it's a long long journey for it's a long journey and again it's not my journey right. it's her journey I have to release that. Yes. And I think that's part of what Lupton is trying to teach us here is that when we do for others that they have the capacity to do for themselves, um, that kind of charity, I would have to, each person I think would have to ask themselves is this kind of charity self-serving? And I say each person because I think every situation is going to be different because charity is necessary. Sure. It's what is your motivation for the charity. Right. 
So turning that motivation, um, as everyone probably knows, Lovink's uh, mission is to mobilize the church, local church, to transform lives and communities. So how can we as, let's say, uh, as Lovink, as a ministry, as educators, as all of these different things, how can we um, educate our volunteer force, our churches, uh, to to this idea of, you know, not creating dependency and teaching people, like, uh, it's going to take a long time. What, what, what does that education process look like for volunteers, churches, like changing that perspective, flipping the coin over? Okay. It's the exact same thing as you just, that's perfect. It's the other side of the same coin. Uh, and that is uh, the same kind of patience, the same kind of persistence, same kind of attitude that we take to serving our neighbors, we take to serving our church. Um, it's no different. Uh, people behave based on what they know. Well, as Americans, we know charity. We may not know um, relational charity. So it's that education piece of... That's the education piece. Of what does it look like to be a relational charity? What does it mean for churches to partner in relational charities? Perfect. Because we need that initial... initial whether that be financial donation, the physical donation, we that's you can't have the relationship without that initial gift. That is correct. Um, it's the it's not the question of whether that's right or wrong. That's obviously right. It's the question of how do we follow that up with building relationships, not leaving people where they are, but you know, uh, helping them in their own journey of transformation and allowing them to be in charge. Yes, allowing them to make that call, which really comes back to the education piece, uh, the classes that are going on right now, Redemptive Compassion, that Alan Jervie's teaching, um, teaching those core principles. Um, you know, the, what we talked about, seeing each everyone's value is one of those principles, uh, requiring uh, mutual participation is another one. Um, all the different values that we have painted all over this room. Investing, investing relationally. Investing relationally. Yeah. And so a lot of people, this, I, I didn't mean this to turn into an ask, but if you, if you haven't signed up for Redemptive Compassion, find one now because you're going to learn all of these different things uh, in that class. And Alan is a superb teacher. And uh, if you want to learn about, you know, flipping the coin over, uh, that's, a, that's a perfect place it to start really for is. churches and volunteers. And, and I would offer along with that, and, and I understand that not everyone in our audience are parents. But for those who are, you will make a direct correlation between parenting and redemptive compassion. Hmm. How so? Well, in, I'll, I'll use another example that Lois teaches, uh, and that is uh, teaching a child to tie their shoe. Very simple. Okay? You teach them to tie their shoe so that you can empower them to feel confident in their own abilities, their own capacity, so that when they are adults, you parent aren't still tying your adult children's shoes. And so if you take those same kind of principles into how we meet need for people who have need, it's the same concept. And it's basing it off of their, well, you take a child who's early stages of development, they need that. Hey, here's, I'm going to tie your shoe. Now I'm going to help you tie your shoe. Now I'm going to let you do it the first time, not gonna look super great. And then 
you know, we might have to redo it a couple times, and then eventually, years down the road, they'll they'll get it. And that process of learning, that process of teaching, um, takes time. Right. And one child might get it earlier than another. Perfect. And you take them where they are, and you guide them, and lead them where I mean. Oh my gosh, the number of times I've seen children tie shoes in ways that I'm like, what did you just do? They figure it out on their own. Well, what's wrong with that? So you take those same principles as you know, a parent teaching a child and you overlay that onto a, the body of Christ working with neighbors who have need. It's no different. So how can we as ministries, organizations, churches, how can we pair this, we call it charitable compassion, the, the hand out. Uh, everybody has a, I guess some people have a visceral response to hand out, but that's actually, I mean, that's um, because it's, it's not partnered with a hand up. And so uh, when we pair those two, we get uh, a true relationship building, I don't know if you call it a system, but... Um, you take handouts, you pair them with hand ups, but how can uh, we as Love Inc., how can volunteers, how can churches um, start to um, implement pairing those two things together? That's an excellent question, by the way. Uh, and I would offer that the, the key is how do you take uh, a ministry that's already in place and infuse it with uh, Christian relationships. Take for example, a food pantry. Number one, to show someone's value and dignity, can the individuals coming to receive food choose the food that they're receiving? Okay. Uh, the standard protocol, the standard procedure, and there are always logistics and there are always going to be barriers that you have to deal with. Um, so I'm not saying that this is the end-all be-all, but this is just the challenge is, can it be a shopping experience where they get to choose the food that you're offering? Okay. Um, can there be opportunities or people who are there uh, to share recipes with the food that's being selected. So you can almost create a grab bag with, oh, here's to make blueberry muffins, here are the ingredients, here's a little box. Do you want this one? Or here's bread making, here's all of these different things. And, and that's almost like the next level up almost in, in some ways. It's offering choice, first of all, right. which offers value, gives value, makes them feel, makes us feel valuable and then um, and then you kind of incrementally create more of that agency and that value oh that's a great time. way to put it absolutely yeah and so what are those little things that we can do and I and I would always offer start small and then build upon it the essence is challenge yourselves as a church community looking at what the the, the charitable compassion the charitable ministries that you currently have, how can, you, how can you infuse relationships into those? Small. 
showing value, preserving dignity for those who are receiving it. So that you can empower them through your gift, through your charity, how can you empower them and reveal personal capacity within them? That is a great place to end. So that'll uh, give some folks some things to think about. So uh, thank you so much for being here, Bill. And uh, thank you all for watching another episode of Community Connections. Uh, we hope this was uh, valuable to you. And uh, if you want to learn more about Love, Inc., go to uh, www.loveincswa.org. Uh, you'll find the, what we mentioned, the Redemptive Compassion classes and all the other Love, Inc. resources that you'll, uh, you may need. So uh, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you all in the next one. <laughs>